Hey everyone, I am the Chosen One Legend here, as always joined by my co-host. Hi, I'm Kai, also known as Vaskarine. And welcome back to the Bunch of Jokers podcast, where today we're here to spend far too long analysing a 20 second clip. But can you blame us, because Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Wave 4 DLC, Shulk, Rex, Alvis, holy shit. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it we is. did not expect, we were just talking about this, but like, we didn't expect this to happen so soon. We were not prepared mm. for Wave 4 information in the slightest, but uh, it gives us a lot of time to speculate. It definitely does, and that's what we're going to do today. Of course, if you want to see our initial reactions... Uh, from the direct that is up on the channel so you can watch us freaking out suitably we also of course there was way free stuff announced but seeing as that comes out literally the day after we're recording this there was no point analyzing that so we'll just give our thoughts probably in the main podcast next month once we've played it all yeah. but for today we are going to look at all this stuff from that 20 seconds we're going to sort of give just our general impressions now we've had some time to think about it maybe give a few theories and possibilities as to what we could see from this DLC. And as always, there will be timestamps in the description below if you want to check out any of the different sections. But uh, let's just start things off. We're going to break the, the uh, 20 seconds down bit by bit. And the first main segment is, of course, the madness where we see Shulk and Rex confronting Alvis. And it, mm -hmm. where do we even start with this? I, I think... Maybe I just guess the first scene, the first frame. <laughs> yeah, Alvis. Um, I mean, when we in our reaction video to this, I my immediate thought was Zanza because yeah. I didn't look at who the figure was. I just looked at the background and like those are Zanza's wings. Exactly. And then it's like, oh, he's got the original Monado and mm. is Alvis, and it's like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> it's. Of course, he's got you know the uh, the Aegis necklace uh, core crystal from um, that he had in Definitive Edition, sort of tying one and two together here. But oh, I mean, I I, sh I should have said this earlier. Obviously, there'll be spoilers as all three games here. You know that sort of goes without saying, but yeah. I'll just preface yeah. that anyway. But um, I mean, last we saw Alvis, you know, he sort of granted Shulk, said you know gave Shulk the option to make his wish, and said his thing about I see futures converging together, and then he was just gone, you know. So mm -hmm. why is he in the first place back, and why is he an antagonist? It's it was mm. not a direction I could see coming. But at the same time, if you're going to do some world-bending shenanigans of bringing things together, Alvis does make sense to be there, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, ever since Xenoblade One and Two were out, there's been unlimited conversations about uh, is Alvis on toss? Is he the third Aegis? Um, then when Definitive Edition came out and he had the Aegis necklace, it was like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's basically everything but confirmed at this point. Um, so it's interesting to have him he be brought back here as kind of, in a way, like the strongest one, the one who helped Shulk create this new world. Um, mm. But it seems like, you know, again, he's on the opposing side this time and there's loads of theories about why that is and the nature of Alvis and like how he could have been brought back like this. It's super interesting, but I'm I'm happy to see him return. He is, of course, a fan favorite. Definitely, and maybe at sort of at the end of the section, we'll go a bit more into what the situation is here. But I do want to move on to our next character look to look at here, which is of course Shulk, who's uh, got a new mm -hmm. design. 
He's got his uh, custom-built Monado from Definitive Edition, um, Future Connected. Yeah. He also, I mean, especially compared to Rex, I'm trying to figure out what age he is here, because he doesn't look as old mm. as you think he would be, does he? No, he's not like significantly older, but I mean, mm. it's very clearly he's very clearly aged, but like it's yeah. not by that much. And this will tie into like the possibility of like the nature of Ionios, but more importantly, it's like I don't know. I would maybe take him for being. I mean, it's tough to say, really. Uh, late twenties. <laughs> yeah, but so I mean, Rex looks older, and if the timelines take place at the same time, which we assume they do from the end of Xenoblade 2, where we hear mm-hmm. Rex beating the final boss about or Shulk doing the, about the same time Rex does, you kind of wonder what that's about. Or maybe it's just, you know, anime character designs. They, they, they just wanted Rex to look significantly older, and he's got the facial hair and everything, you know. He's mm-hmm. clearly gone full Giga Chad. So... <laughs> <laughs> On that note, Jesus Christ, Rex, what a glow-up. <laughs> Yeah, he's, I mean, everyone was talking about him being a Chad at the end of uh, the game, of course. Yeah. Um, but, and, and we kind of, I mean, we saw his design there. Like, we, we've literally seen the design already, but you kind of didn't get to see it in full force, which we do here. Mm. And, um, wow, it just, it's its such a glow up. Really impressed. Yeah. I mean, this is a step up from his, um, from the design we see in the picture. Now he's got, like, the facial hair, he's looking a bit more... A bit more intense here, which of course wielding the two Aegis blades, which is something mm-hmm. we saw in his statue. Um, in what it yeah. was assumed to be his statue, and it's now pretty much confirmed to be that it's mentioned he wielded two blades on the battlefield. But seeing it in action, it's badass. There's no other way to put it, is there? I mean, <laughs> it looks so cool, and I'm really interested to see how when we maybe see it in like an action scene, how he uses yeah. both, because of course, in Xenoblade 2, the only time Rex dual-wielded is when he was using uh, Rock's weapon for, like, one cutscene. So, it would be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah. I do, um... I mean, we could... There's, there's questions about, like, what is the situation at the end of Xenoblade 2? We still don't know, like, how they've got both... You know, he's got both their blades and that. Of course, we both we saw them both at the end, but we don't really know how the world of Xenoblade 2 works. But mm-hmm. we don't really need to. Just yeah, he has the two swords from both of them, yeah. and he's going to use them like a battle. We just won't be told. Uh, yes, yeah. we'll see. But one of the interesting things is um, on in, in the frame where you do see Rex, and you can kind of see uh, Mithra's sword a bit more. You notice mm. you can't really see like a significant conduit design. Now I need to check, but I don't remember if Mithra's sword had a conduit design on it or not. I feel like it did. Going That's off the, my... I'm just yeah, it did. I, I've just checked it. It definitely did. But You're like right. for some reason here, you can't see it. I don't know if that's just like a visual thing where it's just the angle or something like that. But no, you, I did think it was are... interesting to note that you can't see the conduit symbol anymore. You are definitely right. It seems to. I mean, I don't know. If it's just like maybe it was on one side or something. But the spot where I expect it to be is just like a standard green line. Mm-hmm. Um. So that is interesting. I, I don't know if that's to do with the... Maybe it's just w- the way they were in the, the new world of Xenoblade 2 once they got rid of the old one. It works a little differently. Maybe it's something to do with Albus being there, but... Yeah, it it's could anyone's be like guess Aegis at this point. related. I wonder yeah. if, if they are in Ionios, then maybe 
those aren't like Pyra and Mithra's blades in a sense in the Xenoblade 2 sense it's that mm. in the Xenoblade 3 sense this is just Rex's blades that he's able to pull out of thin air who knows I mean that's unlikely but at this point it could be anything that's true I mean we don't know exactly how Rex and Shulk fit into this into Ionios like it, oh, and <laughs> I guess we can get on to this now like when does this take place because <laughs> is is this like just before the worlds merge and the world's merging has something to do with Alvis and that causes it to converge back again? Or is this in Ionios itself, but early days? Because one thing I do want to note here is that we, of course, we have two statues. Uh, let me bring up the names here. We have the statue of the founders Cassini and Reed, or Ride, mm -hmm. however it's pronounced, where it doesn't actually show the founders themselves, but their mentors. And one of yes. them of course, the one who was instrumented to be Rex is, like, carrying two swords. But also mention, he's missing an eye, which we don't see here. So, clearly, that's our later point. Yep. And then the statue who we assume to be Shulk, but he looked quite different. As far as I can recall from looking at our statue, the one that we thought was Shulk had, like, longer hair. He had an arm missing, replaced by a mechanical arm, which, again, we don't see happening here. So, clearly, this takes place... If it is in Ionios, it's early days Ionios, before mm -hmm. that happens. But I'm, I'm starting to think at this point, maybe it's actually taking place before the worlds converge. I think I'm leaning towards that, but I don't know. It's, it's tough to it's say. It's difficult, because based on the existence of these guys being here, Shulk and Rex don't look like they're part of the Euroboros cycle here. Um, mm. Like This looks like it's something completely different, but at the same time... When you look at the Ouroboros, stat yeah, the, the, the founder statues, I should say, that very clearly does take place during the Ouroboros cycle and, and Mobius yeah. and everything, the world of Ionios. So it's looking very likely that this could be the case now. What mm. I think is a possibility is that maybe Rex and Shulk are not playable, and this scene is like one of the opening scenes of the Wave 4 DLC. And, like, we just see this and maybe Shulk and Rex get, like, I don't know, wiped out or, or injured, as as we see. Uh, and then it goes into, like, the main six gameplay and, like, these two are just side characters. Um, well, I, I'm wondering... But even then, I don't know how that would play into it because how... I, you know, if these guys aren't part of the cycle and the founders are, then how does it all work together? It's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't... I mean, of course, there's things like when Melia and Nia transferred over to the two Ionios, they weren't part of the cycle. So mm -hmm. I'm guessing maybe because of what's happening with Albus here, maybe Rex and Shulk are drawn into it the same in a similar capacity. Of course, that raises questions of where are Pyra and Mithra going to be there? Are, are we going to see, like, Fiora or any of the other characters? Why are they not part of it? We, The way the cycle works is so ambiguous and even as we learn more, it probably still will be. But mm. either way, it does seem that when they get to Ionios, they they fight, they're, they're older, they're not like part of the main cycle, which is probably why we don't see them in the future, because when they're gone, they're gone. And they don't have yeah. longer lifespans like Melia and Nia do, of course. But I do have a theory about how they might show up in the game, potentially. I, this is just an idea, but yeah. assuming it takes place in this in the same way that the gameplay takes place the same way it does in Xenoblade 3 where you've got your six main party members being the six founders 
maybe Shulk and Rex act as heroes in that seventh slot. Oh, and you can have them interesting. and maybe I don't know if you can learn their class or if that's a thing or I don't know if classes will be in the DLC I'm kind of thinking they won't be but imagine though maybe they will who knows it's tough to there's say. also the it's also just meant to be there was a statue of a seventh founder who which has been erased possibly intentionally so I don't know if they <laughs> could be a hero or something as well but that's my main theory as how they might be there in the gameplay sense because it mentions them fighting against Mobius in the fa- in the statues of the founders, it specifically calls that out, and a few other details like Shulk being a father figure to the to the whoever the founder of Reed is and raising her despite not being blood related. So that's another thing which is I'm guessing happens exclusively in Ionios, but who knows what that's about. But um, that that's my best guess for how they might fit into the wider story. Potentially, mm-hmm. but it could go anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different approaches they could take here. Um, and, and of course, Alvis's existence being there it sort of adds to that, where my current working theory is perhaps that... Um, I, I think I read it somewhere, but I can't remember where for the life of me. Um, that Alvis's will, at the, you know, or Shulk's will at the end of Xenoblade 1, you know, Alvis is there to carry it out. Um mm. As like you know, this is this is a boundless world or whatever, um, and then it's it's based on the will of everyone is kind of what they decide at the end. Like it, the world's not to be decided by gods; it's to be decided by each and every person or whatever Shulk says. Yeah. Um, so there's a chance that you know everyone's unconscious collective said uh, we're anxious. We want to create Ionios as like a forever world. That was what that was what created Xenoblade Three's world. Mm. Um, Shulk and Rex and, and anyone else who's aware of it is obviously like, well, this is wrong. This isn't how it was meant to go. So Alvis has kind of re- re-entered as like, you two are trying to break the will of the people and, and go against it because this is what everyone yeah. wants. Therefore, I'm going to get rid of you. Um, so maybe That's... he's acting upon that instinct of he needs to carry out the will of the general people rather than what specifically Shulk and Rex think is right. Um, that's definitely so, uh, yeah that doesn't help with the timeline though is the problem <laughs> no but I like the, I like what you're saying that's definitely very plausible um, of course you know it's revealed towards the end that Albus he is a machine and unlike Pyra and Mithra who yes. in the world of Xenoblade 2 are given lives and allowed to develop as people Albus never really gets that and even Rex mm-hmm. calls him out in this says there's no use getting through to him he's a soulless machine or something like that Yeah. so the fact that Albus you know he's neither good or evil but he acts the way that he's programmed to do so or is inherently what the people want or something and that's why they have to go against him. I think that would definitely fit. I do want to also mention one theory I've seen floating around, which is, I know you mentioned before, Kai, that in Xenoblade 3 that we have console Z. Is there a console A? And people Mm -hmm. brought up the idea of Alvis being related to that, of course. I don't know how that would work. I'm not sure he would fit as a console, but it is interesting that we have Z and now we have an A. There's potential for that. I just wanted to... Yeah. I yeah. mean, when when I was playing Xenoblade 3, I fully thought that, like, Z wouldn't be the final boss. I thought that there would be a new console A that appears, and then yeah. slowly over time, I just realised, well, that's not going to happen. And then it was really odd to me when I was told that A is the only console not to appear. I thought that's very deliberate, and that's going to be Wave 4. 
So come Wave 4 trailer and we get <laughs> Alvis. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just feels, you know, on top of being like the first letter and it's like, you know, he's here in the beginning, he's going to proclaim the end or whatever. Um, yeah. It just feels like it's all wrapped together too nicely to not be a coincidence to me. Maybe mm. I'm just copium, but like it, it feels so plausible that I don't think I'm making this up. No, I think that definitely fits. And yeah, altogether, there's just so much exciting about that. The fact we're getting this, you know, what fans have wanted to see Shulk and Rex together. But I think <laughs> it was so smart as well to not have it in the main game. To have the game be its own thing and get attached to these characters with smaller cameos and references and then have the DLC be where everything comes together like crazy. I think that's very smart yeah. and it's going to be wild. But but before we move on to the next bit, is there any other last things or thoughts you want to say about this bit with Shulk, Rex and Alvis? Um, just that I agree with that decision, like you were saying, is like hmm. what the way that Xenoblade 3 did things, it, it still links to the other games, but it very much succeeded in making itself an independent standalone game, which I appreciate because the amount yeah. of pressure they must have felt to just make a Xenoblade 1 and 2 homage to, for the whole game must have yeah. been very strong. And yeah, I like that they have instead devoted the DLC to this, uh, and you see them canonically join forces here. Um, of course, Noah isn't there to join them, but like that we have, let's just call him Old Noah, <laughs> I guess, at this <laughs> point. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I like that they've done it that way. I think they made the right choice, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing how, like, these three characters are going to be reintroduced and sort of act with each other. Absolutely. And one last thing on Shulk. He's a little poncho thing. I like that. It's a cool design. So... <laughs> oh, yeah. His, his Their outfits look amazing. Rex's yeah. look so much better as well. And um, <laughs> the, the other thing I just realised is... Do you think they'll be called Shulk, Rex, and Alvis? I mean, Alvis is probably more likely, but do you think they'll be called Shulk and Rex, or do you think they'll be called, uh, what is it, like Reed and Cassini? Interesting. Well, Reed and Cassini are meant to be the founders, right? And these aren't the founders. <laughs> these are the mentors of the founders. So... That's true. That's a good point, I, actually. <laughs> I forgot that. So I'm assuming <laughs> not, unless the founders... In, I mean, unless the people, their students, got the name from them and took it, it's possible, but I'm yeah. I'm going to assume they'll just to be Shulk and Rex, probably. I suppose as a follow-up to that, do you think the other characters, a.k.a. Um, the, the Van Damme guy, do you think they will be called, like, Van Damme, Reed, Doyle, Rhodes, whatever? Or do you think that, you know, that's obviously a surname, so do you think they'll instead have first names that they're referred to? That's a good point because we don't, we don't know how they got those names exactly. Is it just their surname, or is it like their first name that they took as a family name? I mean, names are always. Who some characters have surnames, some characters don't. In Xenoblade, you know, it's just one of those mm -hmm. things where it's whatever the plot wants. Um, I don't know. I get the sense. My gut instinct says they might just refer to them by their first names. I mean, by the, the by the names Vandam, Cassini, Doyle, whatever. Yeah. And maybe, even if they have first names, maybe they just call them by their surnames. I know that's also a thing in Japan, isn't it, where they often refer to people by surnames. So that's true. Yeah. That's sort of my gut instinct, but it'll be interesting to see if we do get new names from them as well. Yeah. But um, before we get a bit more into the whole Vandom stuff, 
uh, we do get one more, uh, sort of our first look at the world we're going to be exploring, uh, because we, we, you can't tell anything from the random void of the first shot. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we get a look at what seems to be the return of Bionis Leg as part of Ionios. I mean, you can see in the background the, the giant hand of Moradain and bits of what looked like the city of um, uh, Mor Morifer, the what's it called? Macfa, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it seems to be part of Ionios, but returning to Bionis Leg, I mean, it's one of it's like the most iconic area in Xenoblade. It makes so much sense, and yeah, I'm just thinking of the music remixes we're gonna get. Hot damn! Oh lord. <laughs> You know yeah. what I really want? I, like, they're not going to do it, but what I really want is, like, a battle theme. Is, um, hmm. the Xenoblade Chronicles medley that they have in Smash. The Gower Plains oh. opening to that is amazing, and we've never gotten a full version of that. I, I don't think it's going to happen, but man, I would love that. That would be sick. I would love that. <laughs> Either way, we've got to get some bangers, that's for sure. But, yeah. it's... I mean, we see... What looks like a lot of the iconic bits on Bionis Leg, we see the iconic Ragwell Bridge, right? Where Juju crushes his, crushes his buggy. The buggy's yeah, not there. Yeah, you can see the buggy on the bridge. <laughs> oh, you can! Wow! <laughs> That's so amazing. That's one thing I've seen people saying is, the buggy's on the bridge. Is there a chance that Ortiz doesn't, isn't Shulk and that mechanic is instead um, Juju? Especially since his whole legacy is that he rebuilt the city. <laughs> And like Colony Six reconstruction, I mean, I, I'm probably not, but like, oh my it's, god, it would be so funny if we had playable Juju. That, that would honestly be because the the uh, the founder of House Ortiz does he looks Shulk like, but he's clearly not Shulk because that's sort of assumed mm -hmm. to be the the uh, Reed one. Um, so if it was like Juju, who's just taken inspiration from Shulk, and that's why he's dressed similarly, and here's a mechanic who built. Oh god, I oh, I didn't so good. <laughs> I you said that as a joke, but now I'm believing it, which is the scary part. <laughs> it's plausible. That's the what the scariest part. But at, at oh, the, I, at the so very least, I hope his buggy crash area is like a landmark or something. <laughs> yeah, please, Juju's crash landmark unlocked. I also want to mention that you can see what looks like a big monkey, possibly territorial Rotbart, exploring mm -hmm. the area. I mean, if that's the reason why he isn't in. Xenoblade 3, because he was in the Bionis leg part of Ionios, and then that, whatever happens to that, I'll accept that. I think that's, the law works perfectly there. Make that territorial rock mm -hmm. part. It's their I chance to redeem. I when we had Jingoistic, whatever his name is. Yes, in, um, Giganticus game, or so. something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like the, the real monkey to return. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the area, there's a lot to unwrap here, I think. Um, mm. Where sort of starting from where from where it's most zoomed in, you can see that this isn't the original Gower Plains. That the area has been remodelled, um, probably just to be like more enjoyable exploration wise. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah. But you can see, of course, monkey in the distance. There looks to be some kind of camp set up as well. I I've noticed. Um, so possibly right. that's like a, just a station for people, travellers or whatever. Um, yeah, the bridge mm. is there as normal. One of the most interesting things to me, though, is that this clearly isn't all of Gower Plains, because, again, the layout isn't done like that. I don't think that this is the whole thing. Um, yeah. It will only be a section of it. What's more interesting is if you zoom out, um, 
it's it's like where this takes place in Ionios is the question, and I we sort of talked about this after the reaction, but it looks like this is a whole separate landmass in Ionios, kind of near mm. the Dinar Desert, um, because yeah. you can kind of I see what I think might be the Dinar Desert on the right. Um, it's tough to say, yeah. It's really difficult to tell. I I could be completely off, but I do wonder like if. Because I'm trying to look and see, like, is is this mixed with an area from Xenoblade 2? You know, obviously we already had... The obvious one would be mm -hmm. Gormot, but we've already had Gormot. We know where that is. So, like, what's, yeah. what's an iconic place they could bring from to, like, sort of mix it into? There's some interesting bits, like, in the big zoomed well, out shot. Thing, if you look... Zoom out and yeah. go to what, 1080p. This is something I just realised about five minutes ago. On the left yeah. of this landmass, if you zoom in... There's some kind of, like, tower thing there on this landmass. Yeah, I, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, it's like, what is that? <laughs> it, it's probably an it's area not... we can explore. Hmm. It's, it's very I, interesting. It doesn't look like anything. It looks original. It's, it's nice to see, like, I, I, we sort of assumed it, like, how, um, how Torna had Torna itself as a new place, mm -hmm. and then you go back to Gormor. We sort of assumed that we'd have a new area... But it's it's really cool to see that we're going to be exploring a new place. I wonder what happens to this also. Like, why isn't it there hmm. in main the main game? Does it get destroyed? Is this literally going to be another Torna where the main place <laughs> just gets decimated Maybe. at the end? I mean, I guess one theory is that like there is something like the biggest annihilation event known to anyone in Ionios. Uh, oh, that's just true. Yeah. the whole thing. Um, uh, outside of that, I mean, who knows? I guess the other question um, is, do you think we'll be going back to another area? Or is there any places you think you'd like to return to back then? Because the world ooh. is probably largely unchanged. I mean, the whole point of Ionios is it's eternal, and it doesn't change. Mm. But I guess maybe if we go to the original city, which we know is located in Erythia Sea, that's a possibility? But um, yeah. it depends. We know the we know the founders fight during they defend the original. They help the survivors from the original city, and they help build a new one. So we don't know. <laughs> it does this take place before then, during then? It we could see the original city in here. So yeah, there's so many different angles they could still come at it with. Where yeah. I mean the difference is is that with Torna's DLC, which is kind of similar being, you know, a prequel type thing that's referenced in the mm. game, um, is with Torna we got a ton of cutscenes from Torna in the main game. Uh and, yeah. and we got a lot of lore and, and very ingrained parts of that in the main story that they kind of all they had to really do was like follow that thread through and make their own additions. Whereas this yeah. They all we know is like the general descriptions of the founders and like vaguely yeah. what happened. So they could choose any point in time during that story and just make a fully fledged uh, plot from it. And and I think that they'll True. do a good job of it. Obviously, um, so it's it's interesting how much creativity they've given themselves here. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do, and I, I'm really intrigued now about what that tower in the distance might be. <laughs> yeah, there's. There's a lot to unpack here. Obviously, I'm sure come come a few months' time, July or whatever, we'll get E3 tease and we'll get our big blowout trailer where we'll get to see a little bit mm -hmm. more. But until then, I'm just 
I like the way that this is built up a lot. Like we've got the fact that they teased it with just the founder statues in the original game, mm. and we were thinking like, what is this? What does this mean? And it never got answered. But now we're, si- yeah. we're starting to see drip feeds of it, and we're starting to learn. And I hope they don't reveal too much, to be honest, because discovering that in the DLC is going to be really fun. It's definitely going back yeah. to Bionis Leg is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, and and it's really surprising that they showed off this this early, but I suppose it means that at a later point, maybe in like a summer direct or something like that, we may just get a um, sort of a, a better look at this, where you know we will see what the gameplay is like and that sort of thing. Um, mm. But either way, it's, yeah, the environment is looking very good. Yeah, we'll definitely be interested uh, to get our grips on, get, get a grip on that. But any anything else on uh, Bionis Leg or the little area we see, Kai, before we move on to the next bit? Um, just that when I've been zooming out like as much as I can while it's still fading from the, the previous Alvis scene, I've been looking yeah. off in the distance, like at the very top of the screen in the far right, and I'm trying to figure out, like, is there anything in the bigger picture that we're still missing here? But it's unfortunately all a bit too blurry to really see. But I, mm. I, I'm really wondering if there's like something huge in the background that we're missing that could really answer these questions for us. And I don't think I'm going to get those answers today, but like, yeah, a lot of intrigue on what the exact nature of the world's going to be in this game. Looking forward to exploring it. Absolutely. And of course, what we end the uh, trailer on is a very quick bit where we see who is presumably uh, the founder of House Vandom, who was also presumably a descendant of N in some capacity, uh, given the lookalikes to Noah. It seems like a new voice actor as well, which makes sense because it's not directly a mm-hmm. version of Noah. But we, yeah, we see him briefly. He says something, was it, about killing, killing Grand- Grandad wasn't enough for you. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes into what, for a moment, looks to be in, he's starting in Ouroboros form, which mm-hmm. from the very brief glimpse of it we see, Reminds me of Neo's, or at least he's in. You can see the, along the line ears of, he's Neo's. of Neo's. Yes. Yeah, so it's probably the um, the founder. Uh, which one is she? I got uh, Doyle, who was Doyle? also assumed to be Vandom's sister, um, and is a Mio lookalike. So, yeah. So that 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 makes us wonder. I mean, who's who's this guy's granddad gonna be? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, is. That's the thing. If it's very clear that he's got to be a descendant of N and the original mm-hmm. city founders. Again, we don't know exactly where this takes place in the timeline because it could, like you said, it could fit anywhere. But is Grandad is who's he like? Who's he oh, talking to? Is he talking to N, who point. destroyed the city? Well, anyone who's part people? of the cycle. Let, I, let me just make sure I'm getting my law right. So the original yeah. founders were they the they're the first people who had Ouroboros, right? Yes. Were they the first people to have regular lifespans in this world? I can't remember um, for the life of me. No, well, we don't know exactly whereabouts, but they are descendants from N and N. Um, right. Which means they're not, actually, because we saw N and M hanging out with the city folk. Well, when we saw past versions of N and M, they, they were hanging out with what looked like city folk. So I'm assuming they mm-hmm. were people who were born normally and live normally. But right. Okay. We don't yeah, know. I'm thinking sh- the existence of a granddad implies that they are, 
it implies that he's not part of Kevis or Agnes because Kev- people from Kevis or Agnes wouldn't have a granddad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, it, but they're definitely, it mentions they're descended from the original city. Um, it does specifically yeah. mention that in the statues. Oh, that's but, a good point. Yeah, so we know that much that, with the exception mm-hmm. of two, uh, Ortiz and Rhodes were a Kevis soldier and an Agnes soldier who were freed from the flame clock by the other founders and mm-hmm. somehow lived to 80, which we don't know how, seeing as they were Kevis and Agnes soldiers. So that's a mystery, yeah. which I'm guessing we'll find out more about. But... I mean, I like yeah. the design. I'll say that. I, I think it's a good, like, sort of remix on Noah. Um, looks good. <laughs> it does, yeah. I, I like... He, he's sort of got... Of course, people compare him to, isn't it, Faye from um, Xenogears yes. as well? Faye from which is... Wong, I think it is. Yeah, which is a neat comparison. I haven't played that, you know, so mm-hmm. I don't know the details there. Uh, maybe one day they'll release that and Xenosaga I think it's just mainly the cow, like, in the front. Like, out, it is, the, yeah. the statue looks a lot more like Faye than uh, this guy does here, but I, yeah. It, I mean, it, the other thing I like about this, by the way, is it, I mean, this game's already graced us with having a playable Van Damme. Mm. Um, it, it, well, I say playable as a hero, but it's there's very much a chance that this guy's the main character of Wave Four, meaning yeah. that Van Dam is the main character of the DLC. And like, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm I'm loving the Van Dam love. I'll say that. Absolutely, and an interesting thing we see, like you can kind of see it very briefly in this picture, but in in this mm-hmm. trailer, but you see it more in a official tweet released by um, on Nintendo social media, Monolith social media where he's got, like, the red armour around his arm, a bit like Shulk, uh, not Shulk, but Noah has when he draws mm-hmm. um, the Origin Sword. But, interestingly, is that we also know that um, Vandom is a fist fighter. He uses martial arts, not a blade. Which, mm. like, um, or at least not a sword. Like, um, what's her name? Gondor does as well. So does he, like... Mm-hmm. Unless I'm like overthinking it and it's actually just like wrappings like Gondor has, but it seems to be the mechanical bit. So maybe he has that similar sheath technology, the Iron Man style thing, but uses it on his knuckles instead when he fights. I well, don't know. Going but... through this trailer, you can see on one of his arms, he has like wrappings on, but I think mm. those wrappings might be the same like origin material that Noah's blade yeah. well I say origin material like how Noah's red stuff thing becomes like a hand arm thing for him and it's yeah. like a sheath I think it's the same for Noah you can see it on his hand there um, mm. that's going to be really fun to play as <laughs> absolutely yeah it's just I mean for a start it's cool it reminds me of like um, you know typically your main character is a sword wielder but like in Torna mm-hmm. you've got uh, Laura who which is not using gins, just goes in with crazy kicks and whatnot. And now we've got a yeah. fist fighter as our main one, which is it's a nice change, a uh, nice mix-up. That makes mm, him feel... I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah, it makes him feel, again, less like a just another Noah, because he isn't. Mm-hmm. He's, not a, he's not a version of Ben or Noah. He's a descendant, so... Yeah, plus he's dripped out here. Like I, I mean, I he personally, is. my favourite colour scheme is red and black. So the black jacket and sort of the red undershirt, oh, it looks so cool. I'm so here for it. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. If but, I was ever to do a cosplay, then that would be it, I think. Yeah. I just need to grow oh. my hair out again, bloody hell. 
one day, Kai, one day we'll do a proper bunch of Joker's cosplay video. It'll, it'll happen, yeah. <laughs> I'll, ju- I'll, dress as, um, I'll dress as the sister for you, so of course. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but yeah, I, I think the other thing I did want to draw attention to that I've not seen anyone talk about is during all of Xenoblade 3, there was one voice actor that I kept, or, or just one voice that I kept pointing out as like one that I quite liked and then kept on being caught out by. Mm. And it was, I don't even know who it was, but they were the Avenger in Teacher's Ascension Quest, and they appeared in Melia's Ascension Quest as well. Oh, yeah. Um, he's got, like, a very recognisable voice once it's pointed out. Um, and I think, I could be wrong, but I think that Van Damme here is voiced by that guy, because that guy had no major character role in Xenoblade 3, despite mm. appearing in multiple side quests and having to me quite a striking voice and I, I think this might be the same voice I could be wrong but like just one thing that I haven't seen people talk about that's interesting yeah I, I have I've have to listen to that myself but um I mean they often for this kind of thing they they might have someone in it you know we notice like the uh you could notice like in Zenobay 2 Morag's voice actress voicing some random scientist on on the beanstalk and all, all sorts mm-hmm. of things like that you know so it could just be, I wouldn't expect it to be story-related in any way, but they might be the same actor. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if there's a chance that... I mean, it's not, I, I don't know how the, the recording process works. Maybe we need to go and ask Sky or something, but like, <laughs> if they did record all of Wayfall's lines alongside the main game, then mm. I, I do wonder if there's a chance of, like, they told this guy, well, you're the main character of the DLC... So in the main game, we're just going to give you some sidelines. It's, I, I mean, I That's could possible. be wrong because the voice sounds slightly different, but it just immediately reminded me of it. And so I, I, th- I think I'm going to just throw it out there in case it does end up being the case. No, yeah, it's definitely an interesting, an interesting theory. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting to find out who voices these. I mean, that that Vandom and all of the other founders and whatnot as well. And who's the new voice for mm-hmm. X? Because I'm assuming it's not Al Weaver. It doesn't sound like him, but. <laughs> Yeah, we we kind of can't tell because I I wonder if it's just Al Weaver doing a different voice, uh, because he's forgotten how Rex has worked or like you know he's been told to make it different, or it could just be someone else entirely. Yeah, maybe Al Weaver didn't want to go back after all the hate that he got from uh, Xenoblade Two, which was again kind of unwarranted. But anyway, that's a whole different tangent. Yeah, I guess my last thoughts here is looking at my I've sort of got some notes here on the descriptions of the founders. And it specifically mm-hmm. mentions a few things about Vandom and Doyle that I feel like might come up in this. Like, yes. um, so we, we, it mentions that Vandom used the power of Ouroboros to fight against N and protect the original city, which we know is destroyed, but I'm guessing he helped survivors. So I feel like mm-hmm. the fact it mentions that and him using Ouroboros then, and the whole thing of like killing Grandad, maybe he's talking to N, killing his descendants or whatever, I feel like mm-hmm. that's got to happen in this. Right. And it also mentions things like his sister, or who's presumed to be his sister, Doyle, um, found, founder mm-hmm. Doyle, is that after the original city fell, they went missing, they were lost, but then they eventually joined the original founders. So that feels like something that would be a quest in the game, is finding Doyle, you know, and where she gone. Mm-hmm. This all feels like set up to stuff they've established, so I feel like we'll see those details in the game, likely. And that might be how you sort of build your party. Maybe you won't have the full party from the start. I don't know. But um, it also mentions, like I said earlier, the two 
ones who were Kebes and Agnes soldiers. It mentions them fighting each other and then the founders stopping them and mm-hmm. freeing them before they become Ouroboros, which I assume we'll see happen in the game as well. So it might be yeah. like a you build your party as you go along thing, a bit more traditionally, as opposed to a here's everyone at once, like we got in three mostly. Yeah, I think it'll be kind of similar to, I mean, not similar to Torna, but yeah, you slowly go along and get your party members where, you know, maybe you start with Vandam and Doyle on their travels pretty early in the game. They come across the two of the founders that are fighting each other, um, Rhodes and Ortiz, like, you know, they come across them and break up the battle. uh, And then they come across Cassini and Reed in whatever form. Um, So I feel like, yeah, the, the first like half of the DLC or so will be traveling around, meeting them all, that sort of thing. It also mentions that Vandom, he goes missing after, or he or he leaves, he leaves on a new expedition after, mm-hmm. you know, establishing a new city, and his descendants don't return till later, which I could very easily see being like an endgame thing, like with, um, like with Adam, you know, in the original corner. Yeah. And we hear he goes on a mission, and we see him sinking the ship with Pyre in it. I can imagine it ended in a very similar way to that. It's mm-hmm. it's basically it set itself up to be another Torna, and that's going to be fantastic because Torna was incredible. So I'm so hyped. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be a ton of fun. I'm sure. I I don't doubt there's just going to be like a ton of um, mm. just like fan service in the sense of look at all these returning characters, aren't they cool? Uh, and I'm so here for it. <laughs> yeah. It's like oh, it's gonna be so good. Oh. It's like bringing in all the fan service, but at the same time, we're still assuming that the seven founders who we're playing as, or the six founders even, are probably original characters, and it's still doing new stuff whilst delving even deeper into the fan service at the same time. It's like they seem to know exactly what they're doing, which shouldn't surprise us at this point. But mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy. It, and I mean, we've seen even. I mean, we've got Ray Free to experience next. I'm really excited for that, even. But this is going to be another level, so cannot yeah, wait. <laughs> I, I can't, yeah, cannot wait. And and yeah, like we sort of mentioned briefly earlier, can't wait for any sort of music they bring in. What kind of remixes are they going to bring? Because yeah. man, I, I'm still riding the high of um, Torna's remix of Gormar. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, so I'm still riding that. So God knows what they're going to do now. <laughs> <laughs> we are in for a treat, that's for sure. But, mm-hmm. well, we've been going for a while here. At, I don't even want to know how many times the length of the 20-second clip this recording is going to be when you think about it that way. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but um, is there any final thoughts you want to say about what we saw or what you think there might be or any, any general thoughts on Way 4? Um, just that I'm really looking forward to it. There's still clearly a lot of mystery and what exactly is going to happen, but, you know, that gives us plenty of time to think about it and see what, what's going to come. Um, just it looks really good and yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be a great time absolutely um, it's, it's going to be a ridiculous year for I mean all things Nintendo to be honest we've got Breath of the Wild and that as well but just Xenoblade alone that would be enough for me <laughs> for this mm-hmm. to be a stellar year so we're in for a treat but that's, that's it for this video we could ramble forever but I'll end things off here before we pass the hour mark but thank mm-hmm. you all of you for watching this video of course, you can stay tuned to us. We're going to be doing more content on Xenoblade. We'll be breaking down our thoughts on Way 3 once we've played it in next week's next week, uh, next month's main podcast, first Sunday of the month. And we do regular we do regular monthly podcasts at the beginning of every month, as well as extra videos. So when we do get more information on Xenoblade 
Wave 4. We'll, of course, be analysing that more and breaking it down once we get to play it. So stay tuned to Bunch of Jokers for all of that and other Nintendo coverage. Like I said, Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the Kingdom. We've got stuff to say about that as well. It's going to be mad. (laughs) So Um, you can check... It's going to be so fun. (laughs) It really is. So you can check us out here on Bunch of Jokers on YouTube or audio-only versions of discussions on places like Spotify and other podcasting sites. But Kai, where else can people find you at? Uh, they could find me on my YouTube, Faskarain. Uh It's going to be somewhere in description or something. Um, yeah. yeah, my Xenoblade 3 playthrough is actually... The main game is finished now, uh, still uploading daily. By the time this comes out, most of my post-game slash DLC adventures will be out as well. Um, mm. So we're coming to the point where those videos will stop coming out because there's no more content to cover. Um, <laughs> until Wave 3 comes out, that is, which again will be the day... Well, the day before we posted this, I suppose. Um, So, yeah. uh, It's just... That's all there if you want to see my adventure with that. And then on Twitch, I'm playing through Inazuma 11. Uh, So, if you like that game... Like, who are you? Like, there's only like 20 (laughs) of us that like that series. Where have you come from? Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm over there playing that. And... uh, I guess it's a shame because the the day before this video comes out is when I'll be streaming playing uh, <laughs> the Wave Free DLC. Yes, so, <laughs> but it'll be on if YouTube. If you want to watch the VOD, so... I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, of course, with Inazuma Eleven, Level Five is making the resurgence, so you know, perfect yes. timing. <laughs> we will talk about that in the next monthly podcast a lot. We absolutely will. That's going to be a lot to unpack. It's going to be a long video, I'm sure. But um, mm-hmm. also, of course, thanks to our friend Sam who's our graphic designer, makes all our logo and our thumbnails and all of that. So thank you, Sam, once again. There'll be a link to his Twitter in the description below. And we will see you guys in the next... In the next... In the next video! Take care, (laughs) and goodbye. See ya.